Snow can be so beautiful, covering earth in a blanket of quiet and calmness. It can also be a devastating force of nature when it reaches blizzard conditions. Blizzard conditions mean that wind is blowing at least 35 miles an hour or higher, and visibility is reduced to less than a quarter mile for at least three hours. Alright, I know I sound like a weatherman here, but think about this as we enter the storm. Welcome to Audio from Space. Well, no, not that space. The space I'm talking about is a space like this. Or a space like this. Or even a space like this. All right, all right. I know you get the idea. So let me introduce myself. I'm Matt McCorkle. Join me and my friends as we explore sound and music from all different types of spaces. Today, we're venturing into a snowstorm. My good friend Peter Dugan will have our backs with his sizzling scales. Peter is an extremely inventive pianist, capable of playing in many genres of music. I'm going to create a beat from the various sounds of snow. Peter will then fuse the sounds of warm synths with our beat, creating a funky soundscape. First, we gotta suit up for the cold. Alright, let's go outside and hear what we got going on. Nice, lots of cool textures to listen out for here. Let's pick out some of these sounds and use them in our beat. A snowshoe in action. A walking pole hitting the frozen ground. A walking pole scraping the ground. A snapping of a twig. A zipper on my parka. A very persistent woodpecker. Gusts of wind. Snow as it patters onto my parka. Awesome. These sounds are really cool. Let's go meet up with Peter and create a wild soundscape.
Let's go hang with Peter Dugan. Hey, Peter, do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. I'm from Philadelphia and um, started playing piano when I was four. I had older brothers and learned a lot from them and from my mom and my grandmother, who were my first piano teachers. And then I started taking official lessons when I was five. And uh, yeah, always loved playing music. I also played the cello when I was little and uh, the drums and then... By, by the time I was a teenager, started focusing in on piano as my main thing. Classical piano, but also jazz and, and blues and stuff like that. So your grandmother taught you my grand up. My grandmother just turned 100 years old. Wow. Yeah, and she was my Happy very first birthday, teacher. Happy grandma. I think she taught me chopsticks. It might be the only piece that she could play now at 100, but she's still going strong. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, what made you switch from cello and, and drums? Well, I mean, I like playing them and everything. I enjoyed it a lot. But it's crazy with, you know, classical music especially. But with with all things that you have to be, you know, really serious about, it just requires so much time and and discipline. So I kind of had to make a choice which I wanted to focus on while still trying to maintain, you know, some sort of a normal life as as a kid, socializing and, you know, that kind of thing. Did you practice a lot? I did. Yeah. Not at first. I didn't practice a crazy amount when I was like uh, in middle school. It was more, I guess, uh, like in high school, I started getting real serious and spending three, four hours a day. I mean, you have to, to get to the level where you're at, you dedicate your life to it. Yeah. It takes so much uh, commitment. It's crazy. Like you see a lot of kids who, you know, they want to get from zero to 60 at the piano, um, and they want to see results fast. And I think that's part of like the modern age too with uh, the instant gratification. Instant gratification. Like you want to level up on a video game kind of thing. You yeah. Know? You got to learn the basics and uh, put in the time. What's your day to day life as a musician in the city? Uh, my days vary so much because, you know, as a freelancer, our lives are uh, all over the place. You do so many different things. Um, so during the week, I usually do a, a decent amount of teaching. Uh, I'm on the faculty at Juilliard's evening division. So I'm teaching adult um, students there who uh, have a wide range of levels. I have some really amazing adult students there. And it's great. They're all, they're all really inspired um, to practice because they're there because they love it. Yeah. Um, it's not their primary you know, day job. But but they're dedicated, so I really enjoy teaching there and being part of the you know Juilliard faculty is great. And then a couple of private students, and then other than that, it's just practicing and rehearsing for whatever the next project may be. Well, let's get into that. What are some of your current projects that you had going on? I know we just finished up an yeah. amazing album with you know, Charles Yang. Yeah, you I know, know intimately <laughs> one of the projects. Um, of course, yeah, my work with Charles Yang is. Uh, a big part of what I do and our album that we did here with you um, will be coming out soon. 
and then yeah it's gonna be wild and a lot of fun i just finished up recording an album with baritone john brancy awesome um and that's our uh tribute album to world war one for the centennial and so it it's all music written by composers during the world war one era oh wow and the poetry is all um inspired by things that either relate directly to war or um, indirectly to the effects of war. So it's really powerful stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. Where did you record the album at? That, we went down to uh, South Carolina, okay. a- Aiken, South Carolina, and re- we recorded at uh, Joy Cottage, which is a beautiful, historic um, home that has this this incredible ballroom with beautiful acoustics. And so we recorded there over the course of a week, and uh, yeah, that's going to be coming out in the next couple months as well. Amazing. So you recorded in the space in which you would be very likely to perform that specific piece in, correct? Yeah. we, John and I both um, feel that uh, art song, you know, any kind of song repertoire for voice and piano works best in an intimate setting. So we love to perform in a small hall or a, or a large room. And so it was the perfect space acoustically for a live performance. And so the goal with the record was to capture that feel on the album. That's amazing. I love that. It's just so, I mean, you can go to specific recording studios to get a specific drum sound or you get a specific guitar amp. But I love when you have an acoustic performance like that and you actually record in similar spaces to which you would perform it in. So the end listener can get this experience without having to go anywhere you know whether they right. can't attend for whatever reason or you know you can they did see your show and they want to relive it in their living room that's really yeah. cool and i think also part of it is especially for a singer you know it's that feeling like when you're in the shower or in the bathroom suddenly yeah. you're like damn i like singing here like i like this the way it feels to sing in this space um it it can be a big source of inspiration the the space itself can inspire the music making as you know you know that happens and i think it's a big big deal for him as the singer and for me it was playing on a beautiful piano that you know Yamaha pianos provided um so I got that's the kind of thing that inspires me in addition to the space is what instrument I'm playing did they bring it into the space the yeah. piano yeah. oh wow they brought really? in a 9 foot you know Yamaha CFX from uh a university I think nearby and uh so I had this beautiful piano to play on, and it was that's amazing. It was tuned twice a day for several <laughs> so several good. hours at a time. Well, you're a Yamaha so, artist, right? I am. I'm, it's it's awesome. I'm that's very, incredible. Very grateful to be part of that, that family. Is so cool. So, so wherever you go in the United States, you can just say, "Hey, it's like a uh, like a military dropship coming in." I'm at these coordinates. I need that's a grand it. Piano. Put in the coordinates, and there it is. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Wow. Um, well, let's uh, let's move on to my next question here. And what are some of your inspirations for creating music, for performing music, just being in music? Man, as you know, my my musical palette is is pretty all over the place. Um, so I love, you know, of course, classical piano playing and, and classical music is my sort of number one area of, of training and and my my number one love, I guess. But I love jazz and R&B and, and funk and uh, country, um, folk music. I mean, you name it. I, I've, I listen to everything and I just eat it up. 
And so, you know, when it comes to the inspiration um, as I'm playing, um, it just depends, I guess, on on the moment and and what I'm feeling. But it's really a a big mixed bag. I know your musical palette is incredible. You can be all over the place performing uh, a country ballad to getting down and dirty with some funky synths to Dude, I love <laughs> down and dirty, man. I love <laughs> to it. To being in Avery Fisher Hall and just banging away some classical jams, like it's really incredible. Yeah. I I think that's really important nowadays um to to have that versatility, but then also to stay true to stylistic um integrity so you know crossover music which i'm definitely you know a part of the the crossover scene but there you know crossover music can it's dangerous territory sometimes it can go one way or the other Um, so i think that whenever you are blending styles or or crossing from one genre to another you just have to do it in a way that's tasteful in a way that preserves the integrity of of the style that that you're going for do you think that you as a musician could potentially lose your own identity or do you think you could smear the identity of the genres in which you're crossing good question i don't think i don't plan on losing my identity <laughs> well i'm not saying a... <laughs> you personally plan but you say there's a danger that a could danger, be involved yeah. with that and do you think I, it, it lends itself to more of the musician in, in their performance or the actual? No, to me, it, it the danger is more more um, it becoming too much about the the musician and not enough about gotcha. the music. So I think you know when you decide to um, blend one type of music with another. You know, you got to think about why are you doing that? And it's like the same thing with cover songs. You know, people like with YouTube, people are always covering other songs. And, you know, there's got to be, I think, a good reason. And what I listen for when I hear someone who's covering something, you know, I look for that spark of of creativity. And is there something that you that is in this music that I wouldn't have expected to hear going into it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Not just uh, someone just saying, I'm going to do the song that everyone else has heard, only this time it's me. Yeah. I want to know what's in the music that's going to make it interesting. Who's playing it doesn't mean as much to me as what they're playing. You know what's interesting? I think a good example of this, I always loved Scott Bradley and the Postmodern Jukebox when they yeah. brought on Puddles, the clown, to sing Lord's uh, Royals. Did I didn't you ever see, see that? that? I'll no. show you it after this. But he, I love, like, that's a great example. But Postmodern Jukebox is a great example. They do a very good job with that. Yeah. Right. And it's always, there's always something inventive there. Yeah, totally. I'm going to show you this Puddles one because it's, it's amazing. You, so, you know, you told me about this. Um, uh, basically about the process of taking sounds from worlds where you wouldn't expect to hear something musical and then exactly. and then turning it into something that is either a beat or a soundscape that music can come out of. You sent me that sample beat and I was hooked. I love the sound of it and the feel of it. And so thinking about, you know, what direction to go with the music, I wanted to I thought that we should continue with that icy snowy cold feeling so um you know that was sort of the motivation for 
um, you know, as we chose our our synth sounds and our the you know the harmonies and the and the the rhythms and everything, I think trying to evoke something that felt kind of icy and and cold and you but, did, you, but also also with a little funky. Element. No, you you nailed the funkiness, which I love, and we got that bass down, and there's just like so many layers of 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 bass going on, which is incredible. But yeah. we were sitting and we were talking about we want to take this this iciness and encapsulate that, um, and it's kind of the reverse of what I was doing with um, the beat, where it's like you go to this place and you take snow and you turn it into music, mm-hmm. and now you like flipped it and you're like. I'm going to take these sounds and these synth sounds and turn them into ice and turn them into snow. And it was like really fun to work on that process together with that. Totally. Um, And I think you nailed it because it definitely has that iciness to it. But snow is such an interesting thing because it's like this blanket that just covers earth and everything gets really quiet and it almost seems like time is suspended. Um, But then it can turn into ice and it can turn into icicles. And like, so it's very pointy. And a lot of those plucks that you had placed in this track really were reminiscent of big icicles. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. I love big icicles. (laughs) I love big icicles too. So wait, okay. Last question. Where is your dream space to perform? Anywhere in the world, in space, on Mars, wherever man after what we've been doing today i want to play in an ice palace but that's also because i'm obsessed with frozen (laughs) the truth comes out i love it um no so would you would you play in like i would want to play in an ice in a, a castle made of ice I would love to hear what that sounds like. Simply. I think it would actually sound incredible because it's porous enough, but also reflective. I think it would sound great. I think it would sound really cool. Let's I go with that. Ice Castle. I love Let's that. Let's stick with that. And you you could just uh, contact Yamaha, give them your coordinates in the middle of Antarctica, and you have a... Done. Instantly. There it is. And a tuner to boot, correct? Yeah. I mean, they'll, they usually will send a tuner... Um, They'll bundle them up in the appropriate clothing for yes. the ice castle. Very good, very good. They'll they'll send some penguins too. But, if, oh, if that's you ask important. nicely. Yeah, yeah. They are they, maybe they could help move the piano. The penguins. Know? Yeah, each <laughs> one like you get like six penguins on a leg or something. That's right. Yeah, if enough penguins can move a Bosendorfer. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you so much, you man. Know, this has been so fun. My pleasure. Listen in as Peter Dugan and Charles Yang take a classic pop hit and cross it over into another genre.
music are everywhere. Explore the sounds in this piece to create your own production. Head to audiofrom.space and download the goodie bag full of awesome sounds from this episode. See ya!